My name is Brian Kinsey, and I'm the pastor of First Pentecostal Church in Pensacola. I'm delighted that you're listening to this message, and I hope it blesses your life. If you'd like to submit a prayer request, or if you're interested in a personal Bible study, you can call us at 850-477-1100, or send us an email at firstpent at firstpent.org. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm going to the book of Isaiah chapter 58 and verse 10, and we're gonna talk to you about a promise that Isaiah gave to the people of God, and I want us to operate in this promise. I want our authority to be established in this promise. And how many of you wanna be people of the promise? Because we are headed to the promised land, and I want to operate in the promises of God. But there are certain conditions that have to be made that we've got to, to meet in order for this promise to be activated in our lives. You have to draw out, according to verse 10, 58, Isaiah, you got to draw out your soul to the hungry. You have to satisfy the afflicted soul. That means you've got ministry to do. You've got reaching out to do. Then your light will rise in obscurity, your darkness Thy darkness be as the noonday, and the Lord shall guide thee continually. Satisfy thy soul in drought. Make fat thy bones. Thou shalt be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters fail not. I don't want my waters to fail just because we've been in a crisis. Because the well's still flowing and the water's still flowing. I want to stay connected to that water. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places Thou shalt raise up the foundations of many generations, and thou shalt be called the repair of the breach, the restore of paths to dwell in. I want to read the verse 12 from the message to give you a different cultural viewpoint of what's being said here. God's going to use the old rubble of past lives to build anew. He said, we'll rebuild the foundations from out of our past. You'll be known as those who can fix anything. Restore old ruins, rebuild and renovate and make the community livable again. That's the promise. Now notice here that God said, you will fix, you will renovate, you will rebuild, you will renew, you will do it. Now here's the, here's the deal. And I, I hate to break this to you, but God is not going to fix everything in your life. Mm. You have to fix some things and God will help you. He will empower you. He will activate his promise in you, but you have the authority. Listen, the church has the power to fix anything. I'm going to say it again. The church has the power to fix anything. There's no conflict. There's no relationship issue. There's no crisis in your life that you can't fix if God's fighting on your side and you are working alongside the Holy Ghost. 
God always comes alongside us to help us fix the things that he refuses to fix in our life. So I want to preach from this text, we can fix anything. So I want you to put your Bibles down, everything. I want you to just lift your hands and your voice in this house. And I want you to bless the Lord all with all your soul, mind, and strength. I want you to lift your voice. God, you've empowered us to do ministry. You've empowered us to draw out our soul to those that are hungry, to minister to the afflicted, to help those that are broken, and to be a minister of faith and the word of encouragement. Lord, give us the power and the ability. Put that in our mouth and in our spirit. In Jesus' name. God bless you. You may be seated. Church, we've come through one of the strangest times in our history where we were unable to have church here in the sanctuary. And I guess we've learned now what Jesus meant. Work while it is yet day, for the night cometh when no man can work. And so if there's anything we learn through this crisis, that when we are able to do God's work, we better be about the Father's business very diligently and as, and as best that we can. God has been with us through every situation, and he has been with us through this crisis. He has never failed us. He has not forsaken us, and he is still an on-time God. He's a God that will be with us during the crisis. Now, the promise here in my text comes from the prophet Isaiah. The story of it is found, the first fulfillment of it is found in the book of Nehemiah. But the truth of the matter is, and this is something we need to understand, the broken things of our life, God will not fix. He'll do what we can't do. He'll save us. He'll fill us with the Holy Ghost. He'll forgive us of our sins, but he's not going to fix all the broken personality disorders in our life. He's going to expect us to take the promise and start operating in it and fix it ourselves. It's God who creates the perimeters of possibility. It's God who expects us to capitalize on those possibilities. He creates the opportunity. He provides the resources, but he expects an individual who's got passion. He expects somebody who's got authority. He expects somebody that's got a desire that says, I'm not going to just sit here, but I'm going to accept my responsibility and I'm going to open the door of possibility. Does anybody have the passion? I see an opportunity for the church right now. I see an opportunity for us to rise up and to do what we've never done before. In other words, quit waiting on somebody else to inspire you. Rise up and say, I know who Jesus is. I know what he can do. And begin to operate in that power and authority right here, right now. There's treasure behind that door. There's power behind that door. There's, there is deliverance behind that door. But God is expecting you to start working on yourself and saying, I want to repair what needs to be repaired. Isaiah gives us this hope. We can repair it. You can fix those relationships. You can recover from past defeats. Even your personality can be rebuilt. Now that is a miracle. 
and God would like for some of you to get some improvements in that area, I'm sure. We must become aware of the brokenness around us because there's a lot of broken people. There's a lot of broken people. But I want to know, is anybody going to become willing to do something about it? Are we going to be willing to do something about it? We have the greatest gift. We have the greatest thing in all of the world. And his name is Jesus. Our sin today is not a lack of moral uprightness. In many cases, it's a, it's a self-absorption where we're the only one who exists in our world. And I know that sin's done a lot of damage and it's hurt a lot of people. But even though we're saved, we need to still fix those broken areas of our life because salvation doesn't fix everything. Coming to the altar and talking in tongues doesn't fix everything. There's still personality disorders, unchecked egos, bitter hearts and angry attitudes. But God says, I can eliminate those issues in your life. If you'll discover the possibility of what I can do, if you'll stand up with passion and say, Jesus, I've got the Holy Ghost in fire. I can fix this thing. I don't have to be angry for the rest of my life. I'll tell you how you can fix not being a worshiper and right now become a worshiper in one instant of time. You don't even have to fast for 40 days. All you got to do is just start clapping your hands and flopping your chops. Amen. All you got to do is just, just lift your head. Just act excited. Uh, go ahead and find the fire down in your soul. Where's the passion, church? Uh, where's the desire to say, I've got a promise. Uh, I've got a promise of a recovery. I got a promise to be better than I was yesterday. I got a promise to have a future. I've got a promise. God can fix your arrogance if you'll work on it. God can fix your pride if you'll work on it. If you'll allow God to come alongside you, he'll fix it. He'll recover you out of the snare of the devil. In 2 Timothy 2, 26, the Bible says, and that they may recover themselves or become aware and understand that out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. The truth is we might all be unique, but we can still have unity, one mind and one accord. I believe that everybody here has a certain dimension of concern, a certain dimension of hope, and a certain measure of faith. Disaster may burn it. Tragedy may smash it. Injury may bruise it. But I've got faith, and I believe our faith can bounce back through anything, and our hope can be resurrected. Our faith can bounce back from being knocked down. Our faith can bounce back. You cannot keep the church down. It cannot be done. I said you cannot keep a man of God down. If you knock him down seven times, he'll get back up again. And the church can get knocked down by whatever the devil throws at us, and we can get back up. Come on, somebody's got to have faith that the promise still works. I'm trying to get you to discover during this time, I've got a God that can use the church to fix anything. Where's your voice of faith? Where's your voice that God is still on the throne and he's still able? You might be taunted, tainted, and tangled up, but I know that Jesus that can bring you through any test and trauma. And God is ready to help you 
to experience your highest destiny. You know why God wants you to be able to do this is because you will be known as the people who can fix anything. It's a part of your witness and your testimony because people are going to witness how you handle the crisis and what you do in the midst of the crisis. And they're going to take faith from you by the fact that you came through without being scarred by it and tainted by it. But you've got confidence. Yes, it might be a new day, but hey, the church was made for new days. And, and, and you say, but I always wanted to go back to what it used to be. Well, that's what's wrong with people now is because the good old days weren't really as good as everybody says they are. If you read in the book of Ecclesiastes, this Solomon will tell you that the good old days really weren't as good as everybody says they were. I wish they could go back. Yeah, that's like Israel wanting to go back to Egypt where the leeks and onions. You can eat onions if you want to, but this brother ain't going to do it. You can have the liver. I'll give you all the liver you want. I'm on a liver fast, praise God. Right now, I'm on a liver fast. I'll never eat it. Amen. For the rest of my life, I'm just going to be on a fast of liver. So I'm really spiritual. But I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, huh? See, we, we can work these things out. We, we, got, we got ways and means to work things out. But God does not have to God does not and will not fix everything in our life if we are not passionate enough about changing ourselves and improving ourselves. But this church has faith. This church has a promise. And I understand everybody's feelings. Please, I understand everybody's feelings and everybody's got a lot of feelings about this and that and the other. And I'm not in any way... Uh, you know, be upset about your feelings. What I am saying is we need to get out of the feeling deal and we need to get on the word of God. We need to stand on the word of the Lord because your feelings will always lead you wrong, but this word will never lead you wrong. Come on, church, get out of the feeling stage and get on the truth and find out what the promise is. I serve a God who's going to honor his promise. I serve a God who can recover us. I serve a God who can repair us. Now I want to show you what Nehemiah did. He was the first fulfillment of this text. He's the one that actually did this. He's the one that made the improvements and the changes. The year was 446 BC. 90 years had transpired since the Jews were released from Babylonian captivity. 50,000 Jews were released by the edict of Cyrus, ruler of the Medes and the Persian Empire in 536 BC. God had controlled all of the events, weaving them together through the prophecies of Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Zephaniah, and Haggai to bring them to the point where God could restore the walls of Jerusalem. The Jews were released from their captivity in 536, and through the ministry of Ezra, they rebuilt the temple, and the temple was restored. The inspiration came from the prophets Zechariah and Haggai, and they were the ones that helped them, inspired them, and motivated 
motivate them. It took them 20 years, but they finished it in 516 BC. But it wasn't until 70 years after the temple had been built that Nehemiah finally got concerned and stepped up to the plate and said, we're going to rebuild the walls of the city of Jerusalem. 70 years. Now here is the point that some of you need to hear today because a lot of people, they've got their temple restored and they'll come to church and worship God, but their daily life is a wreck. And when they walk out of the temple, they don't have what they say they have in the house. And God says, it's time for that to change. I can't promise you we're going to come to church for the rest of our lives. I can't promise you we'll be in this building for the rest of our lives. But I can promise you we can have a relationship with God anywhere we're at. And we've got a well that never runs dry. And we've got water that flows continually. And we've got blessing and promise that the devil cannot defeat. It's just, what are we going to do about it? What? What good is a spiritual relationship with God if your personality is broken, if your life is broken, if you're hurting, if you've got weaknesses that have been unaddressed, if you've got ignorances that have been unaddressed? And, and I'm not saying anybody's ignorant, but I'm just simply saying that there are things that we've got to work on, but God's going to give us a victory. His word is going to be declared. His truth is going to be preached and his people are going to rise to the place where he's going to deliver us. Nehemiah means the consoling breath of God. It refers to a comforter, to the Holy Ghost, to the Spirit of the Lord that is within us. When Adam and Eve lost their relationship, they forfeited dominion over the earth. They forfeited their authority and rulership. But only by the power of the Holy Ghost can we return to authority and to rule again as Jesus has declared? I believe that God can give us the ability to master our circumstances. We can recover self-control. We can recover our personal identity. I believe that the people of God ought to have a stabilized temperament and character because there's no sense in our city being burned and our walls being burned and cast down and our gates being burned with fire. I believe that we can, by the power and the authority of God, display the faith and the authority that the Holy Ghost wants us to put on display and let the devil know, you're not going to stop me from rebuilding my life. Just because I've made mistakes yesterday doesn't mean I have to live that way for the rest of my life. And some of you are making, oh, this is just the way I am. Do you have the Holy Ghost or not? If you've got the Holy Ghost, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to be that way. You don't, whoo, I feel like preaching now. Y'all might as well just come on and preach with me. Quit acting like you got a bunch of tape around you and start getting free in the Holy Ghost. And say, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I'm telling you, we can be better people. This church can be worshipers. Amen. Now, you're not going to improve overnight. And here's where people get discouraged. 
they feel like they come one time, they feel the power of God, then they go out and they have the same problems over again and then they fall to whatever, or they do this or their habits or they get whatever. And then all of a sudden they realize, well, I don't have any, uh, there's no use in going back to church. Well, that's a lie from hell. I, I think you ought to have passion like Nehemiah had and you ought to come regardless. And you ought to say, I'm going to go back to the altar. I'm going to repent again. And then when I go out, I'm going to get better. God's going to help me. God's going to give me the resources. That's what he did for Nehemiah. Nehemiah had no resources to rebuild those walls. But when he stood up and said, King, I want to rebuild Jerusalem, the king gave him every resource he needed. He told the king of the forest, give him all the wood. He told the stone cutters, I don't want them paying for nothing. I want you to give them the stone. He told those that resisted him. He said, you cannot, you cannot resist him. I'm going to give them authority to fight so that they can fight you and defeat you and still rebuild this wall. That's the authority you need to operate in right now. You need to let the devil know, I've got the resources. I've got the wood. I've got the name. I've got the blood. I've got the word. I wish somebody would act like you got it. I've got the word. I've got the name. I've got the power. I've got the blood. I am going to be a better individual. But Nehemiah understood that if he's going to rebuild Jerusalem, he had to be practical and he had to be strategic. First of all, he positioned them in the lowest places. So you've got to learn how to get the strong ones to pray for the low ones. Are you low? Are you low in energy? There's nothing wrong with admitting. You know, I, I, I've been through this crisis and I'm low on faith and I'm, I'm just feeling weak, and I'm just low on the spirit, and that's all right, because we are gonna come at least six feet by you, and we're gonna pray for you, and ask that the Lord would be with you, and he's gonna lift you up. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, amen. But we can speak it on you, as well as lay hands on you. We can speak it, and we can declare it, and God will do it. You don't have to, listen, just because you're low doesn't mean you're backslid. I'm gonna say just because you're low doesn't mean you're backslid. It doesn't mean that the church is going down just because you're low on whatever you might be low on. But I'm going to lift you up. Before you leave here, you're going to get happy. Before you leave here, you're going to get lifted up. I don't care what I got to do. I'll come out of here. I won't go to you and pull you out. At least you don't have that to worry about. But I'll tell you what, I'll do what I have to do because we're not going to stay low forever. We're going to rebuild the walls. There's going to be revival in the house. Jesus is going to be glorified. According to the New American Standard Bible, he positioned them in the exposed places, the places where there were gaps in the wall. We got a lot of people with gaps in their life because what they are at church and then what they are at home is two different things. You got gaps, you got emptiness, you're, you're, you've got these exposed places, but God is able to take what you get at church and bring it home with you. And you can be at home what you are in church. You can worship all the time. You can be a praiser all the time, amen. 
I was talking with Brother Gary Thomas. He's not here, but I was talking with him the other day and we got, he was out on the lake fishing while I was getting prepared to go in and preach to another empty building. <laughs> and and uh, that, that alone aggravated me. And so I was fussing at him, just kind of messing with him. And, and, and I, we started praising the Lord and worshiping God. And I said, well, if you can worship God out on the lake, then I ought to be able to worship God in an empty building. You're fishing, and I'm still fishing through the internet. Praise God. It's called virtual fishing. But I'm going to fish on. Why? Because I believe if you can praise God on the lake, you can praise God in your home. You can praise God anywhere you're at. You can be the child of God that God... Why sit there and be mad about everything when God's delivered us from anger? I've got the love of God. Y'all even look beautiful. Chris Durant with his new hairdo looks beautiful. Amen. God is able by his authority to accomplish what his promise has declared. So we've got to learn how to, how to pray. We got to come alongside those that are low. There's ministry right there. Find someone lower than you are. Pick them up. There's your ministry. Draw out your soul to the hungry. Learn how to minister to people during this time. Learn how to be a, a, a voice of faith to where you can help people understand the value and the glory of God. Nehemiah charged the people and said that you serve an awesome God. You serve a great God. And that's kind of what I want to do in your hearing. We serve an awesome God. Prayer was made. We're going to have prayer here Tuesday night. And he, the first, one of his first acts when he got to Jerusalem is to get the whole congregation together that was in Jerusalem. And they started praying and seeking after God. Corporate prayer is one of the best ways for you to find Jesus in a crisis. And then a guard was set. You got to guard yourself, church. You got to guard your heart. You got to guard your life. You cannot allow things to get into your spirit. You got to guard yourself. The families were covered. The people were armed. They had a trial in one hand and a sword in another hand. That means he prepared them for any emergency. If we need to work on the wall, we can work on the wall. If we need to if we need to defeat the enemy, we can defeat the enemy because we're prepared for any emergency. And I believe, and, and listen to me, I understand everybody wants to be comfortable. Everybody wants to be prosperous. We live in the American dream in quarantine and we're doing all of that and we're living all of this stuff and we're doing all of this jazz. But the truth of the matter is, church, what we need to do is wake up and realize we're not in the same day we used to be in. We're in the last days. I said we're in the last days. I'm going to say it again. We're in the last days. And we need to be aware of that. And we need to be on fire for God. And we need to say, I am ready to see God work and to see God move. God's going to arm us for any emergency. There will be nothing. I said you can fix anything if you've got God and his resources in your life. And he's just looking for you to accept that, to claim it, and to believe it. And if you will do that and operate in that promise, God's going to use you powerfully, mightily to accomplish his work. And I believe that he will do that for you. 
you can repair, and this is what I believe, you can change anything about yourself if you're passionate enough about it and the resources of God are in your life. You can change anything about yourself that you want to change. You can change it right now. You can change yourself. You, be, you can become a better person. Through all of this, you can walk out as a Christian full of the Holy Ghost and ministering to other people. I don't want to just be better. I want to get better at ministering to people and to helping people find their way through whatever crisis and darkness that they're in. To the light, there is a light that I want them to see. And there is a Jesus I want to introduce them to. And God is going to use you to accomplish that. And all you need, all you need right now is to say, Jesus, I'm passionate enough to accept my door of promise and possibility. And I'm going to see God do it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God's for us. He's with us. He's on our side. And he's going to fight our battles if we, with passion, will accept our responsibility to change ourselves. I want you to stand. Brother Josh Harry's going to come here in just a moment, and he's going to pray with us, and he's going to give the altar call. And if you're comfortable, you can come to the front. I'll be down here to pray with you uh, in it, but only if you're comfortable with that. So I want to leave that to your choice. But I feel the Holy Ghost in this place so strongly. God is going to work in our midst. He's going to do a great work here today. There are people that can receive the Holy Ghost, be renewed in the Holy Ghost. And God is going to do that through us in this house. Brother, Brother Harry, I want you to come and I want you to, I want you to pray. Those that want to come forward, please come forward right now. Feel to say something right now in the Holy Ghost. This is not a virtual service. You're live in the house of God. You're not in your living room watching a phone. It's time to worship the Lord like you know how to worship the Lord. You're in the house of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Something can break loose in here if we'll get out of the watching mentality and step into the worshiping mentality that Bishop just preached about. Amen. Come on, somebody say amen if you're apostolic. Let's lift up our hands right now and lift up our voice. And by the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus, unleash a spirit of worship in this place that every demon in this city hears as the church begins to rise and take its voice back and begin to speak to the atmosphere Would every mom and every dad, every young man and every young lady begin to praise the Lord with everything inside of you. Welcome back. 
back to the house of God. Let the spirit of Nehemiah get upon you. Let there be a breaking forth in every family, in every relationship with God. Let somebody get out of the silences of watching and being entertained and begin to praise him because he is worthy of everything we can give him. Would you lift up your voice with a war cry and begin to worship the name that's above every name? at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth come on you've been watching a long time it's time to get your mouth open and let hell know where you stand revival is coming the storm is ending and the church is about to rise Hallelujah. Come on, Dad. Come on, Mom. Come on, teenager. I dare. The elders were shouting it down earlier. The elders were shouting it down earlier. Let some people in the house of God be apostolic right now. Let it stir. Let it burn in the Holy Ghost. Somebody pray in the Holy Ghost. Let the comforter come upon you. Let the comforter come upon you. That's it. People are getting the Holy Ghost. People are getting the Holy Ghost. People are getting the Holy Ghost. Let it loosen the spirit. Let it loosen the spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, God. Take over, Lord. Fear, get out of here. Anxiety, get out of here. Worry, it's it, guys. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the Holy Ghost. People are getting the Holy Ghost. Welcome back. Revival is here. Revival is here. Revival is here. Somebody pray and get back in the spirit. Get back in the spirit. Get back in the spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, can hell hear you? Can hell hear you? Come on, break the spirit of doubt, break the critical spirit, break the fearful spirit, and release your worship, release your faith, release your expectation in a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or even think let their apostolic revival into the atmosphere let the apostolic revival break loose in every family every home every mind every relationship in the back, in the balcony. Let it get on you right now. Let it get on you right now. Let the Spirit of God get on you. Let the atmosphere change. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. The Lord is king over everything. 
everything, over every virus, over every threat, over every fear, over every conspiracy. God is king. He gets the last word. Come on, Nehemiah. Build your wall. Build your wall. Build your wall. We got one to be baptized in Jesus' name. Micah is going to be baptized. Two. Two got the Holy Ghost. Two got the Holy Ghost and one's going to be baptized. Don't tell me God's not working. Everybody clap your hands and bless the Lord. If the angels are celebrating, they're not holding back around the throne. Don't you dare hold back right now in the presence of God. There's birthing in here. There's new life in here. The glory of God is in here. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. You can be healed right now. You can be delivered right now. You can be healed right now. Come on, mom and dad, pray with your kids right now. Come on, families, pray with each other right now. As for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. Give me my weapon. Give me my trial. I'm ready to build, and I'm ready to fight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Get your prayer life back today. Get refocused. Get renewed. Don't hold back. You're back in the house of the King of Glory. The one who can do anything. The one who saved you. The one who rescued you. Healed you. Made a way when there was no way. He's worthy of everything you can give him. He's so good. He's great and greatly to be praised. We love you. We exalt you. We bless you. We need you. We defy the enemy. And we release our faith in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
Somebody help me pray for her right now. Cancer, we curse it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We command every cancer cell to disappear right now. Let cells from heaven rain down in this building. Let cells rain into her body in the name of Jesus. Cells from the Almighty God restore the cell base in her body and remove the cancer or the threat of it in the name of Jesus. We speak life into you in the name above every name. The name of Jesus Christ. Make you whole. Make you whole. Make you whole. In Jesus' name. I want you to lift your hands all over this audience. I want you to begin to pray and seek after the Lord. I want you to remember we have no service tonight, but we will have called a war on Tuesday when Nehemiah called the solemn assembly to pray and to seek after the Lord. That is where when you are low, when it seems like you're open prey to the enemy, you need to be in prayer meeting, corporate prayer meeting. Yes, we have daily devotion and we pray individually, and there's power in that. But there's also an authority that comes from corporate prayer. When you respond to that, it changes everything. And God gives you the resources you need to go home and repair your life and fix the things that are broken. That's how it works. Holy Ghost is a power tool that you have to use to repair and to rebuild. And God will never leave you nor forsake you. He'll stay with you always, even to the end. Amen? Amen? So I want you to claim that. Now, Wednesday night, we'll be all in the sanctuary on Wednesday night. So come and be a part of our Wednesday night service. Tuesday night, call to war. Next Sunday, same thing. 9 a.m., all them elderlies, all them old people. And then... Uh, at the 11 o'clock, all of us, all of us younger people who are under 50, and I am 45 and holding. The gray hair is just the trauma of having to put up with everybody here. It's not the age. It's the trauma. It's trauma. So, no, I'm, I'm not, I'm really older than that. I'm 62, so just to tell you the truth, the, the, the terrible truth of it all. I'm 62, but we'll be here both services. Being the preacher does give you a little bit of advantage. You, you just be at every service. So, amen. God bless all. We hope you enjoyed this message. Please reach out to us if you have any questions. We can be found at firstpent.org. That's F-I-R-S-T-P-E-N-T dot org. If you're ever in Pensacola, Florida, we hope you visit us. Be blessed in Jesus' name.